Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bosted. Today is the second in a two-part series called In the Field, Colombia. This is our continuing series in which we travel to different countries, speak with composers and performers firsthand. In this case, I and my producer, Jesse McCorders, were able to travel to Bogota and Medellin and talk with all of the musicians we'll be featuring on the program today. The first composer I spoke with was Victor Agudelo, and he's a very interesting composer. He's a Colombian composer, he's interested in Colombian music, but he's also interested in looking around the world and hearing what other people are doing and incorporating that into his music as well. Here's a brief excerpt from our conversation. Right now, I'm like looking around uh, different types of music from the world, trying to extract elements from this music in order to build new pieces out of these little elements from let's say music from Indonesia or from Australia and then after this build up an, a, a new piece also with Colombian influences. Tell me about how you would take an element of let's just say Indonesian music and fuse that with the classical orchestra or, or the idea of form. How do you fuse those elements? For example, let's say about uh, talk about um, Kechak music, which is the uh, like Kechak trance from Indonesia. is like a ceremony that they have there in Bali, and there is a part where everybody is like doing this kind of rhythm. The way that I take that is I take extract the rhythm and fuse this with let's say. Uh, contemporary or, or octatonic scale. So, I mean, I, I reorganize these elements or rhythmic elements or melodic or harmonic if they have some ele harmonic elements. And then I try to contextualize in a um, contemporary way, I mean, more universal way. That's composer Victor Agudelo telling us a little bit about the wide influences on his music, music from all over the world, incorporating some of that into his own music. He mentioned specifically Indonesian music, which is appropriate because the piece that we're about to hear of his is influenced by Kechak, and he was telling us a little bit about that. But as fortune would have it, our producer here at Relevant Tones, Jesse McCorders, recently spent a month in Bali, and he made several field recordings, as producers are wont to do. So we have a recording of this Ketchak music straight from Bali. Let's just have a little listen so we can hear exactly what inspired Victor Agudelo. Here are the musicians of the Sudamani Gamelan performing Ketchak. <laughs> We're hearing the musicians of the Sudamani Gamelan performing Ketchak. So it's just an example of what inspired the composer Victor Agudelo. We're going to hear his piece, Vuelta Oriente, which is directly inspired by Ketchak, among other things. Let's have a listen. Here is Vuelta Oriente by Victor Agudelo.
was Vuelta Oriente, or East Ride, by composer Victor Agudelo, one of the composers we've talked with in Medellin. We heard Cecilia Espinosa leading the Symphonic Orchestra of Iafit University. The next composer I want to feature is Johann Hassler, and he told me very early on in the interview that he was quote-unquote a musical vegan. I'd never heard this term before. He made it up to describe his listening habits. He only listens to classical music because, as he says, the classical music tradition is so overwhelmingly large and so difficult to assimilate all of it that he's just going to try and work on that and not listen to jazz, not listen to world music, folk music, pop, anything like that, but only focus on the classical music tradition. And so in his own music, of course, it is very much assimilating what he's learned in this classical music tradition. However, he is also up to date. His music has a lot of extended techniques, a lot of experimental techniques that have been popular in the last hundred years or so. The piece I want to feature is called Three Pieces for Percussion, and this is a piece of music that has done very well for him. It won the country's most prestigious composition prize, was given a big performance in Bogota with much fanfare, and is still performed fairly often today. When I talked with Johan, I asked him first about what he was thinking with these three pieces for percussion. The first one is for the whole ensemble, 53 instruments played by 13 people, and uh, it's called Nebulae because uh, there are no melodies as such, no harmonies, only the sounds of, uh, of the effects or extended techniques of percussion. I was told in the premiere by a listener, uh, you know, it's like electronic music done with instruments because of the textures of the types of sounds. They sound a bit like oscillators, very pure sine waves and so forth. So that's the first one. Uh, it's called Nebulae because it's not very solid in terms of uh, uh, clear harmony, melodies, uh, things like that. The second one doesn't use the whole ensemble. It's more lyrical. It uses harmonies and melodies in, in very uh, subtle instruments, celesta and uh, harp and a bit of piano, which is used uh, very sparingly. And it has a pedal note, so uh, that, that gives a harmonic uh, gravity to it. But it's very subtle. And the third one uh, was an exploration of what the uh, suspended cymbals can do. And it's a, an antiphonal piece for symbols on one side of the stage, four on the other. And so they do a dialogue. Around that time, I learned that uh, there is an ancestor of mine who worked at uh, Venice in the, in the cathedral in St. Mark's, where it's famous they used the three organs to dialogue between the extremes of the church. So I said, oh, well, I will remember my, my ancestor and do something like that, but with symbols. That's composer Johann Hassler talking about what we're about to hear, three pieces for percussion. These are very short pieces. I think they're quite imaginative what he's done in each of the pieces. We're going to hear the percussion group of the National University of Columbia performing.
That's music by Johann Hassler, a composer from Medellin, Colombia. The piece is called Nebulae. It's actually three pieces for percussion. I think there's quite a lot of imaginative use of the percussion ensemble in each of the various pieces. We heard the percussion group of the National University of Colombia performing. We're going to play music now by a composer named Andres Posada, another composer from Medellin. The piece is called Sombra y Luz, which means shadow and light. But first, I want to play an excerpt of our conversation. I started our conversation the way I often do, by asking a general question and then using that to move to more specific areas. But his response to my general question was so interesting, I just want to play a little bit of the conversation. Here is Andres Posada talking with me in the Iafit University in Medellin. I think I'm a, an eclectic composer in a way, but um, very much I am involved with uh, plastic music. I like to bring my ideas from... Um, plastic ideas generally. I, I draw a lot, I paint a lot, I studied architecture for a while. So I find a, a very, for me, a very important relation in, in plasticity of music. I, so my ideas, when I begin sketching them, they always come like, like drawings, like all sketches. So that's a, like a, a departure point in terms of inspiration. When you say plasticity, do you mean Changeability. Uh, no, I mean like plastic arts from, like, okay. from yeah, like um, so objects. It's like a musical representation, actually, of yes, like yes. plastic arts. Yes. Okay. Just yeah. curious. Okay. That's just a little bit of my conversation with composer Andres Posada, again in Medellin. We are going to feature now his piece Sombra y Luz, Shadow and Light. But before I play the music, here is Andres one more time, just to tell us a little bit more about his specific inspiration for this piece. I worked a lot with uh, with the harmonics of the of the open strings of the of the cello, and um, I um, also worked with the fundamentals and the the harmonics that they produce. So all the the, the scales are kind of derived from there, and it's very motivic. Mm-hmm. It's very motivic. When you think about shadow and light, uh, do you do you try and display that in the music? Are there dark moments, light moments? Yes, <clears throat> but that it has to be with, with a, a very um, dark moment in my life as well. I think that music always uh, re- reveals what's going on with you. So it was a, a, a tough moment in my life, and that's uh, the first piece. And then, I, like in one year, I change in, in a better way. To, uh, well, I, I came out of these uh, dark moments. That's composer Andres Posada talking about the music we're about to hear, Shadow and Light. The piece is scored for four cellos, and we're going to hear a recording from a big cello festival at Iafit University in Medellin. Here are Tatiana Perez, Santiago Bernal, Daniel Arango, and Sebastian Forero to perform an excerpt of Sombra y Luz by Andres Posada.
That's music by Andres Posada. The piece is called Sombra y Luz, or Shadow and Light, and it does move from darkness to light over the course of the piece. Our performers were Tatiana Perez, Santiago Bernal, Daniel Arango, and Sebastian Forero, again performed at a cello festival in Medellin. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. Today's program is part two of In the Field, Colombia, featuring first-hand interviews with composers in Colombia and as much of their music as we can play. To subscribe to our podcast or for streaming versions of this and all previous episodes, you can visit relevanttones.com. Today's episode of Relevant Tones is the second in a two-part series called In the Field, Colombia. My producer, Jesse McCorders, and I had a great chance to travel to Bogota and to Medellin, where we met many composers and performers and got to see firsthand the vital contemporary music scene there. The next composer that I want to feature is a Medellin composer, Luis Fernando Franco, and I talked to him a little bit about the importance of travel as a musical influence. I think that for me the fundamental element in my music is life and uh, living in this country and all of the uh, travels that I have done throughout this country. I have been traveling throughout the country for over 30 years now. It's been a practice of mine to travel throughout Colombia all every single year of my life, uh, starting from the Amazons through the Janos or the Great Plains, then to the Atlantic coast, the Pacific coast, and up to the mountains. That's composer Luis Fernando Franco talking about the importance of travel in his native Colombia on his work. There are so many different influences, so many different folk traditions all around the country. I think it's this incredible wellspring from which a composer can derive inspiration for his music. We're definitely going to hear that in the orchestral piece I'm about to play, Almaguer. Here's Luis to tell us a little bit more about this piece. Almaguer is one of the primeras poblaciones. Almaguer is the name of one of the earliest settlements in Colombia that was done in one of the highest places in Colombia. So this is an area that is very high in the Andean mountain range, and it is a zone that is very cold, like a tundra of sorts. And this is a place where most of the rivers that irrigate all of Colombia come from. That's where Almaguer is located, and I actually lived in Almaguer, or traveled through Almaguer from the year 79 until the year 83, and this is where I found this beautiful music. That's composer Luis Fernando Franco talking about the piece we're about to hear, Alma Guerre. This is a symphonic work, and as we heard from Luis, it's inspired by the folk music in the Colombian Andes. It's such a fascinating idea here, translating that music from the high Colombian Andes into the traditional concert hall. And the piece exists in many different formats as well. There's a format for orchestra with two flute soloists, another one with two violins, which is the one that we're going to hear on the program today. There's also a version for the bandon, which is kind of like a Colombian lute, also related to the Arabic oud. Let's have a listen now. This is the version for two violins with symphony orchestra, Almaguer by Luis Fernando Franco.
That's music by Luis Fernando Franco. The piece is called Almaguer. It's a symphonic work that also has two violin soloists in this version of the piece. This is music inspired by the folk traditions of the Colombian Andes traveling throughout Colombia. Every year is a very important part of the creative process for Luis Fernando Franco. What a wonderful piece. I think you can really hear the influence of this indigenous Colombian folk music on the composer. I'm featuring the music of Colombian composers on today's program. In fact, this is part two of a two-part series in the field, Colombia. The last piece that I have time to feature on the program today is by composer Juan Antonio Cuellar, and we were fortunate enough to actually be present for the world premiere of this new piece, which took place at the Biblioteca Luis Angel Arango. There was a lot of excitement in the air that night. I think there was a lot of interest by the audience in hearing this new piece which seemed indicative to me of Colombia in general, at least in the short time that I was there. There's a lot of excitement around new music. The composers are very excited. They're bringing in big-name groups. And it just felt invigorating and almost like the beginning of an exciting new era for Colombian composers. Before we hear the piece, though, here is Juan Antonio talking a little bit about his music in general. You know, folk music, it happens everywhere. People are just inherently musical and music just kind of springs up. When you decide though to write a piece of music for the concert hall, there's this intention of creating art, that you're creating something artistic. So how does this folk music translate into art for you personally when you're going to you know, use this as an influence? I mean, how are you going to use that and uh, what is the artistic expression that you're making? I would say that I, I, I have taken three different approaches to it. One is uh, being very direct like being very explicit about rhythm and melodic contour and things like that, which are um, directly associated with the actual music. The second one is like what, what I do most, which is combining elements from the folklore with um, techniques, compositional techniques. So using, for instance, the essence of the rhythm, but not the rhythm itself. Using the essence of the melodic gesture, but not the actual melody. Combining materials from one type of music with another one. I, for instance, uh, mix things from the Caribbean coast uh, folklore with the Pacific coast, which are completely different, totally apart, and, and I mix them. And the third one is more an abstraction of that. I love doing that, and most of my music is, is, has that kind of essence, which is not a particular rhythm or a particular melodic contour or sound, but it's like an abstraction of it. It's like a, it's like taking from the landscape, taking just the, the essence. Well, it makes me want to hear what he's talking about in music. Hear this essence of the landscape in music. Let's have a piece now by Juan Antonio Cuellar. In fact, this is the world premiere performance. This is Variations for Violin, Cello, and Piano, performed by the Lincoln Trio. Music of Juan Antonio Cuellar. Thank you. 
music that was performed for the very first time at the Biblioteca Luis Angel Arango, and we at Relevant Tones were fortunate enough to be in the audience with the world premiere performance of Variations for Violin, Cello, and Piano by Juan Antonio Cuellar. I spoke with him a little bit before we heard the piece, and he was talking about this idea of capturing the essence of a landscape in music. I feel like we can really hear that in the piece. There's a lot of influences in that piece. It's a very fun piece of music performed by the Lincoln Trio. Again, that was a world premiere performance. That's all the time we have today for part two of In the Field, Columbia, but you can hear part one and part two on our website at relevanttones.com in case you missed anything. And we hope you'll stay tuned for future episodes of In the Field. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders. With special thanks to Carolina Gomez, Mauricio Peña, Inti Alejandra Viana La Rota, and the Banco de la República. Relevant Tones is brought to you in part by the generous support of GCM Grosvenor, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, an anonymous donor, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. I'm Seth Bosted, and this is the WFMT Radio Network.